Homage to the Blessed One, the Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Welcome to all the monks and novices and blessings to all those with an interest to learn and practice Dhamma. Today we will learn Dhamma from the middle era of Buddhism. There was a king who was deeply interested in Dhamma and had great faith in the Buddha. This king was named Asoka or Dhamma Asoka. He was the son to King Bindusara and Queen Subhadrangi. There were in total 11 princes and princesses. Asoka was the grandson of King Chandragupta Maurya, the founder of the Mauryan dynasty. Since the beginning, King Asoka had a very firm determination and he succeeded in gaining power over the country. In the process, he had to fight against his relatives until he was victorious. Then he turned to come back and be devoted to Buddhism. This was due to one novice named Nigroda, who was actually the nephew of King Asoka. The novice Nigroda was born from Prince Sumana, his older brother from a different mother. After King Bindusara passed away, all the princes fought for the throne in the city of Pataliputra. At this time, Asoka was still the governor in the city of Ujjain. He brought an army to take over the city of Pataliputra, and he was able to conquer and kill Prince Sumana and all of his stepbrothers. At this time, Prince Sumana knew that he wouldn't be saved, so he helped his pregnant wife to flee, and she gave birth to a boy named Nikroda after the banyan tree. In the beginning, King Asoka believed in Brahmanism. He would offer many alms food to a great number of Brahman ascetics every day. He would change to offer to different sects in order to find the truth preached by that sect. King Asoka had wisdom to notice the different gestures of each of the Brahman ascetics. He would notice if their actions were not composed or whether they were properly clothed, loud or naked ascetics or even those who would eat like a dog. This caused King Asoka to try to find a more composed ascetic to receive his alms offerings. One day as King Asoka was standing at the window, he saw a novice walking with a very composed and beautiful manner. According to the legends, this novice was the grandson of King Asoka the Great, but he didn't know that it was his grandson as he had previously ordered the killing of all his stepbrothers. But one of his sisters-in-laws had survived along with her son Nikroda. King Asoka was captivated by the deportment of this novice and so he invited the novice into the palace to receive alms food from the king. After the meal, the king invited the novice to receive alms food the next day as well. The king then offered eight sets of food to the novice and the novice gave these eight sets of food to his preceptor. King Asoka again offered food to the novice and then the novice gave it to his teachers and other fellow monks. In total, there was 32 monks. After King Asoka saw that all these Buddhist monks were very composed and had a peaceful behavior, he gained faith in them. Then he was inspired to invite even more monks to come receive alms food each day. 
he kept increasing his alms offering until he was offering to many hundreds of monks each day. And ultimately, King Asoka took refuge in the triple gem, the Buddha, Dhamma and Sangha. And he built Asoka Rama Monastery and many other monasteries. And he built the stone Asoka pillars at the sacred sites of the Buddha. And this has enabled these sites to be rediscovered in the present day. And also his son and daughter ordained in the Buddha Sasana and attained to becoming Arahants. The prince and princess was named Venerable Mahinda Tera and Sangamita Teri, which translates as the friend of the Sangha. Both of them were responsible for establishing Buddhism in the island of Ceylon, or known in the present day as Sri Lanka. Here, after King Asoka gained much faith in the Buddha, he had the foresight to send missionaries to propagate Buddhism abroad. He divided these missionaries into nine missions. The eighth one was to spread Buddhism to Suwanabhumi, with Venerable Sona and Venerable Uttara as missionaries. He was also the patron of the third Buddhist council held at Asokarama Monastery in Pataliputra. He was a great patron supporter of Buddhism and a great king in the Indian subcontinent. He was a great supporter of both Mahayana and Theravada Buddhist traditions. He would also support all the other religions, even the Jain religion, where he offered many caves to them so that they could conduct their rituals there. He built dams, helped transport, built hospitals, planted trees and built public facilities, all according to Buddhist principles. After, he was the first one to go to discover the four holy places of worship of the Buddha's life. Each of these locations was discovered by Venerable Mogaliputta Tissa Thera, who was an arahant imbued with all the special knowledges. He had the ability to know the exact locations where the Lord Buddha was born, attained enlightenment, first taught the Dhamma and attained Parinibbana. Following this, an important event was that King Asoka built a chedi containing the relics of the Lord Buddha. This was celebrated for seven years, seven months and seven days. During this time, two monks went to invite the Venerable Upagutta Tera, who would spend the rains retreat at the bottom of the sea. His body was not large and inspiring, but instead small and thin. King Asoka saw Venerable Upagutta and was not inspired. So he tested him by releasing a raging elephant that rushed at Venerable Upagutta. Venerable Upagutta used his psychic abilities to make the raging elephant frozen like stone. At this time, King Asoka gained faith in Venerable Upagutta Tera. Venerable Upagutta was put as the head of maintaining safety and protection during the Chedi celebration that lasted for seven years, seven months, seven days, with King Asoka as the principal lay patron. Pra Upagutta Mahatera was able to overcome Mara and make him let go of his wrong view, changing it to right view and to gain faith in the Buddha Sasana. And then for Mara to make the aspiration to become a Buddha in the future. And it is prophesied that he would succeed one day in becoming a Buddha. During this time there was also another miracle. 
Venerable Upakutta Mahatera wished to see the physical body of the Buddha as it was back when the Buddha was still alive. He thus asked Mara to transform himself to have the physical form of the Lord Buddha. Mara said that he could do so, but that Venerable Upakutta should absolutely not bow to him as it would be heavy karma. The Venerable agreed to this and Mara transformed his body as the Lord Buddha's. Along with all the chief disciples, Venerable Sariputta and Venerable Mahamogalana, Venerable Upakutta Mahatera saw the Lord Buddha with all the colors of aura emanating around the Buddha, and the Buddha with all the features of a great being. And with the chief disciples and surrounded by many great disciples, with all this great splendor, Venerable Upakutta forgot that he would not pay homage and bow to the Buddha, so he bowed and worshipped to the form who was actually Mara. Mara was shocked and restored his original form and then rebuked him for making very bad karma. But the Venerable One said that Mara had no need to be worried as it was natural for everyone to bow and pay homage to the Buddha. Mara did no evil, but instead it was his great merit. After this, Mara went back to his abode in the sixth level of heavenly realms. Mara had faith in the Buddha Sasana until the end. He had no more jealousy and would build Bharami in order to gain Buddhahood in the future. Venerable Upakutta is staying to maintain Buddhism for the span of 5,000 years. He used his psychic powers to maintain his lifespan for this amount of time. And he stays in a crystal dwelling at the bottom of the sea. He will come up to receive alms at midnight on the Wednesdays of the 15th day of the lunar calendar. This is where the tradition of giving alms to Venerable Upagutta comes from. So let us recollect Venerable Upagutta who will protect us from dangers and disaster with his psychic abilities and his parami. So we can see that for Buddhism to come to where it is today, it relies on people with faith such as the great king Asoka, who had enormous faith in Buddhism. He thought for the future generations and so sent many groups of missionaries abroad. This was spread to Sri Lanka through the sending of Venerable Mahinda Tera and Venerable Sangamita Teri. And after Sri Lanka, it was spread to Thailand, Suwanabhumi, through sending Venerable Sona and Venerable Uttara. The previous generations had foresight and the Venerables then had the self-sacrifice for the benefit of others. They did not tire or think of it as difficult. So we express our gratitude and respect for the virtues, sacrifice and wisdom of the great King Asoka and homage to the Arahant disciples who spread Buddhism in many directions, including coming to Sri Lanka and Thailand. So when we recollect in this way, we can see that it hasn't been easy that Buddhism has come to Thailand. May you all be determined to cultivate the mind and practice Dhamma. It hasn't been easy for Buddhism to spread throughout the world. When we have this good opportunity and we have the faith, then we should be sincere to practice and to train to watch the in and out breath. Train the mind to become calm. 
chant the recollections of the Buddha beginning with Itipiso many repetitions a day, nine repetitions or eighteen or even a hundred and eight repetitions. Do this so that the mind becomes peaceful. Because the mind that is peaceful, that has mindfulness and samadhi well established, will understand the Dhamma. Or we can contemplate Dhamma. Whichever verse we do that makes the mind peaceful, then we can see the Satcha Dhamma, the truth of reality, that there is change in compounded things. All things are in this breath of ours. When we have the breath, we have everything. When the breath stops, then everything ends with it as well. The decay and ending of all things comes from this decay and ending of the in and out breath first. So when we travel, we sit, stand, walk and lie down, we have the breath there with us. And these breaths that we have left are getting less and less in each passing moment. So may we establish ourselves in not being heedless. May you all grow in blessings.